Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and together we're studying this wonderful subject of seeking the face of the Lord. If only we knew what a difference the presence of God makes in our life, we would continually seek God to be filled with His Spirit, to be filled with His presence, for His hand to be on us, for His strength to be in us. It makes the difference between success and failure, between frustration and victory, between joy and depression. And, uh, you know, just like cars are designed to operate on petrol, uh, to work properly, so we are made to operate on the presence of God, the Spirit of God. As we're made to operate, to live by the air that we breathe, causing us to continually seek that air and receive it into our lungs. Uh, so, in the same way, we are made to live by breathing in the presence of God. That is our life. And so we should continually seek to, for our hearts to be filled with His presence. You know, no wonder we struggle so much when we don't take the time to seek God and come into His presence, you know, and fill up our spiritual lungs with the atmosphere of heaven. Ezra 8 says, The hand of the Lord is upon all for good. That's the hand, is His presence upon us and within us. Upon all those for good who seek Him. It's necessary to seek Him. But His power and wrath are against all those who forsake him. So not to seek him is actually to forsake him and then we are moving against God and he's not pleased. Earlier in this series we saw that the divine assessment of the reigns of the kings of Israel that as long as they sought the Lord they prospered but when they stopped seeking God they started doing evil and things went downhill to destruction and the reason is that when we seek God in his presence the presence of of the Spirit comes upon our heart. That's the hand of the Lord, giving us the strength and the wisdom, guiding us to do the right thing. But when we don't seek God, and when we don't seek for His hand of strength to be upon us, to fill our heart, you know, because we think we can manage quite fine by ourselves, then God steps back. He respects our choice to be independent, and His hand is removed from our heart, and that leaves us to flap around in our own strength. and. Let me just show you this illustration again, that, that this glove represents my heart. And on its own, it's not designed to operate on its own, it just flaps around and struggles. It's designed for the hand of the Lord to fill it, and so this hand represents the hand, the power of the Lord. And if I let, if I seek God, His hand fills my heart and gives it strength and gives it power and directs it in the way it should go. And so we must get our heart into God's hands. And that's exactly what Proverbs 21 says. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. You know, if you want to reign in life as a king, you need to get your heart into his hand. The king's heart, the one who reigns, his heart is in the hand of the Lord because he's put it there. And it's the hand of the Lord, it says, is like rivers of water. The hand of the Lord in your heart is rivers of living water now, flowing out of the Spirit, guiding your heart, strengthening your heart. And it says He turns it wherever He wishes. The hand of the Lord in your heart now can guide you, and you just have to yield to that and be led by the Spirit. And that's the key to victory, success, to dominion. 
We saw last time that the way we seek God and enter his presence is, is praise and thanksgiving, Psalm 100. As we come into his presence, his presence comes into us and fills us. James 4.8 says, if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. So as we press into his presence, his presence comes into us. Everything in our fellowship with God is reciprocation. Psalm 105 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. So notice how they come into the presence of God. How they seek God, as they talks about in the, in the next verse. How do they do it? With their mouth. With singing. With praise. With thanksgiving. And then he says, Seek the Lord. Seek his presence, it says. Seek to know him. Seek the Lord and his strength. That's his presence in you. Seek the Lord. Seek to know him face to face. And also seek his strength in you. Seek his face forevermore. So we seek his face. We seek to know him. And we seek to have his strength, his spirit, his hand in us. And as we come into his presence and seek his face... We also, at the same time, open up our heart and receive his strength, his presence, his spirit to fill our hearts. That's the two things. We're, we are seeking him in love. We love him. We want to know him more. But at the same time, we're trusting him. We're receiving his life in us because we also need him. And that will make all the difference. His presence will make all his difference. It says, seek his face forevermore. Notice the two parts again. Seek the Lord for himself, face to face, intimacy with the Lord, to know him as he is in himself. And secondly, seek his strength, his power to come within us, to fill us, so that we know his life within us. We must desire that. Uh, and when it says, seek his face forevermore, it means this isn't just an occasional thing. This, is, this should be our lifestyle. And when... He, his strength comes into us, then we find that he is our victory. He's our health. He's our strength. He's our rock. Because we've come into the presence of God and his presence has come into us. It says forevermore, not an occasional thing, not a thing just for a crisis, but as a lifestyle. To continually seek him, how can that be possible? It requires that we cultivate a strong and abiding desire. Desire is a good thing. A de strong desire for his presence so that it becomes a settled determination of our will to seek him first above all other things. And that's what I want to help cultivate in our hearts, that, that desire. How can we get that desire? This kind of focused desire where we prepare and set our hearts to seek God um, is created by valuing, and that's the key word, valuing the presence of God above all things. Because it's a law of our heart that our heart seeks that which is of greatest value. That's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, your treasure is what you value the most. And your heart will necessarily be focused on the thing of greatest value. And so the key is to come to a proper evaluation of God's presence, of the presence of God. Once we see the true value of God's presence, 
we will continually, automatically seek it more and more. If we don't understand the value of God's presence, we will seek answers in other things that we think are important and we'll just find failure because they're just dead things. And one way to appreciate the value of the presence of God is to realize what it would be like if God withdrew his loving presence completely. In fact, there's a word for that state, and that is hell. Total separation from the loving presence, the goodness of God. And one, 2 Thessalonians 1.9 describes hell like that. It says that, uh, that the wicked will be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints. Now it sounds in that translation that it's the destruction comes from the presence of the Lord. And that is a possible translation. But a lot of translations put a different interpretation. For instance, the American says, these will pay the penalty of eternal ruin, separated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And so there, hell is described as separation from his presence, from his glory. The NIV, likewise, says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And so hell, what makes hell hell is the total absence of the presence of God. You know, we think, oh, there's no presence of God in the earth. But actually, it's not true. The earth is filled with the glory of God. If there was no presence of God, everything would fall into chaos and darkness and disorder. There would be rampant despair. There would be no good sense of goodness, sense of kindness. There, the presence of God is given to all. Uh, on this earth to a degree, and, and that's called common grace. In fact, in the tribulation, there will be an initial taste of hell because the world has been saying, we don't want God in our affairs. We don't want God in our politics. We don't want God in our nation. We don't, don't want God in our lives. And, and at some point, God will say, okay, I'll give you what you want. And God will withdraw his hand of, com of grace and mercy and the whole systems of the world and the earth will start falling apart. And that's what happens when the seals are opened. And so in hell, in the final hell, the eternal hell, there will be a total absence of the presence of God, of the goodness of God. If anyone goes to hell, it's by their own choice. It's because throughout their life, they've rejected the presence of God again and again. And they've prefer their freedom, their independence, so they don't want the presence of God. And eventually God gives them up to their decision. We see that in Luke 16, 22, when the, the, it says the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, to paradise, because he was a believer. This rich man also died and was buried. He was an unbeliever. It says, being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may tip, the f tip his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. Now this is a spiritual flame, obviously, and it talks about water and water, everything in the spiritual is parallel to something in the natural. Water represents the presence of God. And here in that heat, there is a total absence of spiritual water, of the presence of God. And that's one of the, the, the horrors of hell. 
And that's a terrible thing. We take the presence of God for granted, you see, because we, we have a certain measure of the presence of God that's here in this life. Even an unbeliever has that. You know, an unbeliever says that the only hell is here on earth. But no, actually, for an unbeliever, this life is as heaven compared to what lies beyond the grave. God graciously gives a portion of his presence to everyone on earth, even unbelievers. Without it, there'd be no kindness, there'd be no hope, there would be no happiness, no laughter, only despair, no affection, no warmth. And his presence that he gives is, is also reflected by men who are in the image of God th through the kindness and concern they have for one another. But if God withdrew his presence, there would be just absolute separation, nothingness. And in hell, people think, well, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll have a good time with my friends. No, there'll be no friendship. There'll be, because all of this is actually produced from the presence of God, though they don't realize it. Without the presence of God, everything would be total despair, darkness, and chaos. This common grace Jesus describes in Matthew 6, 44, he says, I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And he says, when you're doing that, you're actually doing what God does. But you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. And so God sends his sun and his rain on both. And not just physically, that's a picture of his presence, his warmth and his spirit that he makes available. It's called common grace to all people. We take it for granted because we're used to it. Just like we take the air that we breathe for granted. And likewise, the presence of God is real, but it's not visible. But without it, everything would die. You know, we take the sun for granted, providing a certain level of warmth. Not so much in England and other places, but we have that basic warmth. We take it for granted. We think it's automatic, but it's not. If, if God turned the sun off, we would all be plunged into darkness and death within eight minutes. We would be plunged to absolute zero. So even when it's on our scale zero, that's actually 273 degrees. And so that warmth that's there all the time is like the warmth of God's presence that's there all the time in this world. Without it, it would be nothing. We take it for granted because it's there every day. And the sun, you see, is a picture of God's radiating grace. It says, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He gives grace and glory. That's his presence. No good thing will, will he withhold for those who walk uprightly. And so we, everyone has a certain measure of God's presence. But the more we seek God and open our heart up to God's presence, the greater that presence and that glory will be in our life. God's heart, you see, is like a sun. It's burning. It's a fiery radiating of spiritual heat and light. And, and, and we need to get into the presence, into the warmth of his sun. Like a, like a plant comes to the light, it, it thrives and it grows because it receives that presence, that light that radiates from the sun. So we should, we should have enough sense, at least as much sense as a, as a flower does. What makes heaven heaven? Heaven is heaven because it's a much, much higher degree of the presence of God. In his presence, it says, is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. That's a description of heaven. 
great joy. We can't even imagine the level of joy because we've never experienced that degree of the presence of God. It's the presence of God that brings love, that brings joy, that brings victory, that brings wisdom. All of these things are communicated through his presence. We were meant to live in his presence. We see that in the end of the Revelation. That heaven, the eternal state, what marks it out is the presence of God with man and in man. And we think, you know, that uh, even 90 degrees for us is hot and we couldn't stand much more. And even the natural sun is such a strong radiator that we have to be 90 million, million miles away, otherwise we'd be killed. And likewise, you know, there's a limit to the presence of God we can experience in our life in this life because of our flesh bodies. Um, anymore, you know, we would wither and die. There's a great story of Smith Wigglesworth when he visited, I think it was New Zealand, and uh, he prayed with a group of ministers, and as he prayed, out of his heart generated the presence of God, and the ministers felt so heavy under the, they had to leave the room. They couldn't stand under that presence of God. and. Eventually they all left and a minister heard about it and said in the, in the next meeting I'm going to be in it, I'm going to stick it out. And so as he prayed they started one by one and this guy hang in there. He could hardly stand it until eventually he too had to, had to leave because it, the, the, the presence of God was so strong as Wigglesworth prayed. But the presence of God we will have in heaven will be far greater than what we experience now. Because in our glorified bodies it will be as, as if we are standing in the center of the sun, in the core of the sun, uh, in that level of glory. Because, but we couldn't handle it now. We've got no idea of the immensity of the presence of God. And the character that you develop in this life actually determines the degree of that glory and that presence that, that you can handle and be in and radiate in eternity. And, and you know, John 14.3, Jesus describes heaven as a place where we are with him. He says, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 talks about that when we're home at the body, we are absent from the Lord. Well, we're not absent from the Lord, but by comparison, it's, we are absent from the presence of God because it's so much greater in heaven. He says, we walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, well-pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That's what makes heaven heaven, is to be in God's presence. Philippians 1, 23, he's saying, is it better for me to live or to die? He says, to live is... Christ, that is, the presence of Christ is, is what makes life worth living. That's my life, he says. But to die is gain, because when I die, I will come into a far greater presence of God. He says in verse 23, I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ. That's what heaven is, to be with Christ, which is far better. So the presence of God, you see, makes the difference between heaven and hell. A worldling might reject and even hate God. But actually, God's presence, he doesn't know it, but God's presence is the only thing that makes life worth living for him. Any moment of happiness he has, any moment of hope, is because of the presence of God. And once the trial period of his life is over, he will get his choice, and all the presence of God will be lifted from him, leaving only despair. You see, if you choose darkness rather than light, Eventually, that's what you will get. The ab darkness is the absence of the presence of God. The most terrifying thing of all.
Those who love his light, those who love his presence, will enter a light that's far more glorious than even the highest moment, the highest experience you have in this life will be as nothing compared to the presence and the joy of the Lord that you will have in that day. Praise God. But right now we can come into his presence. We, that will help give us an appreciation of his presence. The other thing that helps us to value the presence of God is to realize what the, what the price paid was to release God's presence to man. And we see this in the Garden of Gethsemane because there's a reason God chose that place. One name for God's presence is his anointing. And anointing is the word for oil. And anointing is the application of oil. Oil represents God's spirit, God's presence. Oil makes things holy. And also the, the olive oil was used to create light. It was used to create heat. It was used for healing. It was used for cooking. All those things that olive oil communicated. And in the same way, the presence of God communicates light. It com communicates heat and warmth and love. It communicates anointing. It communicates power and holiness and why the garden of gethsemane on the mount of olives it's a mountain covered with olive trees and then those olives would be taken at the time of year and in the cave and there is a cave there in the garden of gethsemane at the base of mount of olives there's a cave where there was an oil press that's what gethsemane means oil press and you can see the hole in the wall where it was. And those olives would be pressed and there'd be a crushing weight from a, from a beam would crush them. And they would be put in baskets. And first of all, the virgin olive oil would come out, which was just from its own weight. And then the weight of the, the, the beam. And then they would add extra weights to the beam. And there would be three pressings where the weight get bigger and bigger and would release more and more of that oil. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was that olive. And he was crushed. And as he prayed, he was literally flat on the ground. And what was happening, he was being pressed with the sins of the world. He, God was showing him what he would have to bear. And he was accepting that. He was accepting the will of God. And he was literally being pressed. And three times he was pressed and he prayed, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And he was being pressed. Jesus suffered all that for you to release. He had the presence of God. He had the full anointing of God in him. But what he did in his death was release it to us. And so by being crushed for us, he released that olive oil, that presence of God to us. So please value the presence of God in your life. Value the anointing of God. Seek his presence. Seek to be filled with his anointing because it's so valuable. It's your life. And the other consideration to help you value the presence of God highly is that you know, just know that you need the presence of God to thrive. We were made to operate by the blessing. Otherwise, we become dysfunctional. We, we struggle. We don't fulfill our potential. You know, it says in, in the beginning that God created all the, the animals in Genesis 1, and then he made man. And first of all, he, he made them, and and I don't know, they were just existed. But then, having created man, in verse 28 it says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. In other words, without the presence of God, without the blessing of God upon him, man just exists. 
But then when God spoke blessing over him, that's by the presence of God. Now a man could operate and thrive and multiply and have dominion and be fruitful. And you need the blessing of God, the presence of God to be fruitful. So value it highly is the most important thing of all. Seek the giver, seek the blesser uh, above the gifts that he gives. You know, the blessings that we have in life, they are the manifestation of the blessing. Who is the blessing? It's the Lord. And so seek the Lord, seek the source, and then the blessing in your life will produce all the things that you desire and that you want. The life, the healing, and the manifestations of his blessing. And so in his presence is fullness of joy. Isaiah 10:27 says that the yoke of oppression is destroyed by the anointing, by the anointing, by the presence of God. Acts 10:38 said that Jesus healed everyone oppressed of the devil because God anointed him with the Holy Spirit. And it says, for God was with him. It's the presence of God with Jesus. It was the anointing of God with Jesus that set people free. Seek God. If you seek God for his presence, he'll give his presence to you. Matthew 6:11 says, if, even though you may be evil, you give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give, give good things for those who ask him? God wants to give you good things in your life, but how do they come? In the parallel verse in Luke 11, it says that your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. You see, you, you ask for the presence of God. You ask for the Holy Spirit, and he gives you the Holy Spirit, and then as a byproduct of, of his presence, come the good things that you're asking for. Don't try and ask for things outside the presence of God. Seek more of the presence of God, and all those other things will be added to you. Receive the presence of God from Jesus as a free gift. Don't try and earn or deserve it, and don't try and control it. Just surrender to it. Receive it and surrender to it. Receive it as a free gift and let the presence of God, let the glory of God do its wonderful work in you. It will cause every good thing to be manifested in your life. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. I hope you've enjoyed this series on seeking the face of God. And if you want to get into the, this material even more, you're going to find this brand new CD series helpful to you of eight CDs. Seeking the face of the Lord and here you'll get a lot more teaching on On this reality. This is the key to everything. Thank you for watching You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. at Cheney School Headington Oxford OX3 7QH you can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.